Every day, 34 people in their 20s and 30s are diagnosed with cancer. On the 7th of July 2015, I was one of the 34. On the 28th of August 2008, I was one of the 34. These are the stories of what happens afterwards. This is Afterthoughts. We're back! Hi, Alice May Perkis. Hello! Hi, we haven't done this for a little while, have we? No, it feels, uh, I feel rusty. Rusty, okay. Well, you are, but you are in a new recording studio. I'm in a new suite. You might hear the trams rumble past. That's, yeah, because the <laughs> trams are right right nearby. Well, that's, it's nice to give the listeners an idea of your world at the moment. So you're near the trams. You're yes. in a new Yes, cabin. I've moved to an office at the end of the garden. Quite bougie, a bit more mm. bougie than I am, in fact. But, um, yes, I'm in what looks like a sauna. It's not a sauna at the moment because it's minus four outside. It's bloody freezing. Um, but, yes, I've moved to an office at the end of the garden. It's very nice, very happy to be here, very happy to be back on Afterthoughts. And why are we here, Toby Beach? We are here because we have hit a lovely milestone and we thought because we've hit this milestone, we would do a special episode and that milestone is 10,000 listens. 10,000 downloads. Downloads. That's even better. (laughs) 10,000 downloads of our little podcast. For a ridiculously niche podcast, (laughs) that's it's wonderful. And it's thanks to all of our brilliant storytellers who've come on the uh, five series that we've done so far mm. and the fact that the listeners like they, they come and they listen to these these wonderful people so we just thought we would make a nice little special episode and this special episode would be a little chance to reflect reflect back on some of these excellent storytellers and to to hear where they are now yeah and the fun thing for me is that um, we have asked our storytellers to send in little audio clips and got a whole collection for you listeners to uh, check in. There'll be some um, some storytellers that you yeah might have listened to their episodes. Some of them you might not have done and then you go, oh, maybe I'll go back and listen to theirs. Mm. Um, uh, Alice hasn't heard any of them, uh, so they were sent through to me. So we decided that Alice would not... Uh, listen to them in advance and therefore uh, we would have the chance to hear your live responses uh, <laughs> to these storytellers um i should note just before we dive in because you've noted your tram and i do have a um a cat who is currently purring like like a steam train because she's quite old so she's like purring <laughs> away really loud on my lap just in case you know and um if we reflect back, that was that was Chris Helenga, uh, her advice to us in series one, which was, hey, just let everybody know what's Point going out. on. So, Alice, are you ready to dive in to our first storyteller? I am so ready and so excited to hear about all of these people, where they are, what they're up to. And yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm super pumped for this. Here we go. We are going to head back, first of all, to uh, Series 4. And um, I will play the clip now. Hi, it's Natalie. 
I am recording this from my desk in my student room in Swansea. You'll remember the last time I spoke to you, I was in London living my best life during my placement year, but unfortunately that did come to an end. So now I am back battling through my final year of university. And you would think being by the sea, the view would be worth it, but unfortunately, currently my view is a boarded up window. The student halls that I booked for my final year aren't complete. So I currently live in a building site, which is really great and helpful for all the stress of assignments and all sorts, as you can imagine. Currently, I would describe myself as a bit of a mess. I really thought my stress tolerance had improved with time since cancer, but it turns out life just wasn't as stressful on my placement yet. So I'm really doing my best to learn some coping mechanisms and not stress my mother out so much with middle of the night phone calls and tears. <laughs> but other than uni, I am doing really well. And, you know, despite all the stress, I'm glad to be back and with my friends and just trying to make the most of it in between deadlines and stuff. You'll be pleased to hear that I've not had any more Tinder adventures since the last time we spoke. I'm actually now in a relationship with somebody who was in my life at the point of recording that podcast episode. So I guess my advice to my past self would be, don't even bother with the apps. They literally bring you nothing but stress. But at least all of that was worth it. And I'm happy now. <laughs> What's next for me are my January exams, then no break, then 10 more weeks of teaching then more exams and then finally I get a break and graduation and hopefully it will have all been worth it. I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come on and speak to you last year. Um, it's really opened up a lot of conversations with people in my life and it also gave me the opportunity to write a couple of pieces for Teenage Cancer Trust and spread the word and spread awareness to other people and hopefully start conversations in their life. So I hope you guys are doing good too and I'm looking forward to hearing whatever is next from Afterthoughts. What a start. start. Oh my so, goodness. That was Natalie from uh, series four uh, of Afterthoughts, the second teenage years, indeed. What, what, a, what a start. So I remember Natalie telling us her horror stories from Tinder and people, like the things that people said to her about her scars and just like, just the way that people spoke about scars and, and she was so open with it. Um, I think it's really interesting what she was saying there about her, you know, stress reaction. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, I think when you're going through cancer treatment, if you, if you finish cancer treatment, you think, I'll never be stressed again because yeah, this yeah. is the most stressful thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and yeah, cancer treatment is incredibly stressful and it possibly will be the most stressful thing that ever happens to you and yes you do learn coping mechanisms that doesn't mean you'll never be stressed again um but yeah it's so great to hear Nat is in a, a relationship and she's happy and healthy and and doesn't sharing, have to deal with the apps and sharing stories as well right. like that was so lovely to hear that she's been writing things I remember seeing some of uh, Nat's articles mm. and so it's really wonderful and I thought that was a really great way to kick off uh, this special episode um Alice we're gonna stay in series four with our second Ooh. um storyteller who is returning are you ready 
I feel like this is going to be an emotional roller coaster for me today. <laughs> I'm ready. Here we go. Here's the second one for you. Hey, it's Freddie. Currently looking out over the Kent countryside on this cool, misty winter's day. Um, it's pretty, but I'm definitely a summer boy. I need the sun. I need long, long, long days where it doesn't set till about 10 o'clock at night. That's where I'm most happy. Um, but how am I feeling? I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. I'm going, I'm doing my master's at King's in intelligence and international security, which sounds a lot cooler than it is. I'm not doing like James Bond kind of stuff. Um, but I will, I'm going to a Russian lesson later, but don't ask me to speak it because it's absolutely abysmal. Um, but yeah, since recording, I've, yeah, been having so much fun, been super happy. I went down to Africa to um, work in some human rights down in Cape Town um, and actually was privileged enough to deliver two speeches to the UN, obviously not in person, but recorded, which was so, so incredible. And then I went up to Zimbabwe and just rode around on horses all the time and somehow found out I'm quite a good rider. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know where that came from. But, um, yeah, it's in pretty, pretty good. What next, though? I should start thinking about a little more. I'm just bumbling away through life at the moment. Um, we'll start to have to look for a big boy job pretty soon um, as recession is coming and I have no idea what I'm going to do post-masters. But that's, that's a problem for future Freddy, even if he is very near future Freddy. But I just, yeah, enjoying life and really happy to be able to talk to you guys again hope all is well and yeah talk soon wow sounds like freddie's just having adventures I not know. just having adventures but doing amazing things and having adventures and wow talking in front of the un casual <laughs> Casual. So, um, and do you remember, Alice, do you remember Freddie's episode? Do you remember Freddie's episode all the way back in series four? And we yes. were just, we were just talking about Freddie because we were talking about our memories of the footsteps. Mm. We were talking about uh, hearing and remembering his mum's footsteps because she was so, she was with him all the time during his treatment. Mm. Um, yeah, just I those little moments. The... Yeah, I think there's something really powerful, actually, just hearing that and hearing Freddie saying, um, and maybe I'm like being a classic storyteller and clutching at metaphors, but there's something really powerful about Freddie saying, oh, I have to search for a big boy job. Because when he was talking about his neuroblastoma, he said that he kind of straddled treatment between um, the child cancer unit and the yes. adult cancer unit because of his age but because you know neuroblastoma is is classically seen as a, a young person's um cancer and now look at him he's speaking in front of the un and and searching for a big boy job and doing a master's and like i think when you think about it like that just that growth yeah it's phenomenal isn't it yeah um, I'm also looking for a big boy job. Uh, I feel... Same. <laughs> I'm looking for a big girl job. I haven't found one yet. I'm 34. You know, not sure I ever will. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... 
Um, so I think it's time now uh, to go to a, another series. And we're actually um, going back to series three series for this, three? Series three. Um, and um, this um, is Miranda. Hi, Toby. Hi, Alice May. Uh, just a quick update after your lovely podcast. So um, after your podcast was broadcast, um, got a lot of positive feedback in regards to it. Um, what happened to me, um, two major things. Um, I had a bit of regrowth in my liver because they kept saying my liver was looking weird, even though before they said um, it was no evidence of active disease. So because of the regrowth, um, they decided to take me off Cadsila and put me on in her too. Um, I've had five cycles and so far it's been fine. Um, the only other major thing is um, the hospital I'm at, the Royal Marsden, they are building a, um, they're building a research and medical day centre called the Oaks Cancer Centre on their Sutton site. Um, and I did a tandem parachute skydive um, and I've raised um, about just over £1,300 for the charity. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Hope you're all well and speak to you soon. I'll just do a casual, casual skydive. Um, skydive. Um, I really appreciate as well, Miranda, like, and we know that with some of these, um, the storytellers, the sharing, going to be sharing their updates with us. And uh, it is a case of going for some, some people, they might have more treatment. They might be on ongoing treatment. Some people might be changing their treatment. Some people might finish treatments altogether as well. And um, yeah. um, I remember Miranda was always brilliant at telling us like, like I, I can never remember any of the um, like particulars about like I can't remember the names of things very well, mm. but Miranda like and sums it up there so brilliant and knowing the particulars of the treatments of what what it is that she's having. I know too. Yeah. 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 Um, and great to hear that, that that drug seems to be working well for her liver, liver regrowth. I think because like hearing the stories about the drugs that are working for for people is really um, empowering for people who are having to take different lines of treatment. So actually Miranda, like talking about the drugs that she's on and the experience that she's having is is really important and being open about that is, is absolutely crucial. One thing I would say though, is I'm disappointed that we didn't get to hear uh, any news about her campaign to become John Hamm's wife. Oh yes. I forgot um, about that. So would 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 appreciate an update on that, Miranda, if you could let us know. Yes. Um, would appreciate that. But I no, do great also, to hear that she's doing well. And I do have a picture uh, that was sent through with her skydiving. So I will share that with you and we Oh my god. Incredible. Uh, I love that she did a skydive. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um Brilliant. Are, are you ready uh to go further back in uh back in time to go? <laughs> If I could turn back time. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, we are heading back uh, to the first of the teenage years, back to series two, and Jake. Hi, I'm Jake Adams, 
I'm currently sat on the same sofa where I recorded the original podcast now over two years ago, which is hard to believe. I'm definitely feeling a lot better now than I did back then. Um, Saying that, though, life has been very hard these past two years and I've faced obstacles and challenges of getting used to my new self. But I definitely feel I'm over the worst of it now and I'm actually able to look forward to the future. Uh, Most recently, in September 2022, I was able to complete the Great North Run, which was such a huge achievement for me when I consider back when I did the podcast two years ago, I I, I couldn't even walk, uh, hardly, following my treatment and everything. So uh, such a massive achievement for me and just definitely a day I won't ever forget. I'm now back at work at St. Therese, have been for over a year now, um, only part-time, but uh, I really enjoy it there. I just love the people I work with. They've uh, supported me so much throughout the past few years, and I can't thank them enough. I'm not really too sure, though, what the future's got for me. Um, I will be a part of the next Youth Advisory Group with Teenage Cancer Trust, which uh, that'll last over two years. So there's definitely something to keep me occupied there and who knows what the future holds for me. So that that was Jake. And I mean, Jake back in series two, that feels like such a long, a long time ago. Doesn't it just? Oh, it was so nice to hear from Jake. Oh my goodness, yeah, like, I remember when we spoke to him last, I, I think he was really fresh out of treatment, actually, and he was still figuring stuff out, like, I, I guess, yeah, he was in that early phase of figuring stuff out, and I actually met Jake um, a couple of, maybe like a, a month, six weeks ago, at um, FISOT, which is uh, Teenage Cancer Trust's Find Your Sense of Tumour. And it was so nice to meet him in real life. And yeah, see see <laughs> below the neck. <laughs> um, because obviously we recorded on Zoom and it was yeah so nice to be able to give him a squeeze and say thank you for taking part. Um, because we do this podcast virtually and it's, it's so nice to meet people in real life and, and make those connections. Because, you know, that's a lot of what this podcast is about. Okay, Alice, are you ready for the next uh, person, next storyteller to join us? Born ready. Um, we are going back to series three and it's time to go to the f- doctor. Doctor Who. My name is Dr. Philippa Kay and I am recording this from northwest London. The question is how am I feeling and what is the present like for me? Um, and the answer to that is busy, manic, hectic in lots of different ways, some of which are really exciting. Work-wise is really busy um, as a doctor and in the media and as a mum, that's where the hectic manic bit comes in and managing all of those things. From a cancer point of view, I had surgery in a couple of months ago um, and have had clear scans. Um, I guess the question of what the present is like for me though is slightly 
different when it comes to my cancer and living post-cancer because there are consequences to the treatment that I had, however grateful I am for it. And I am hugely grateful for what it did for me, but I live with far less bowel than other people do and there are symptoms that come with that. The chemotherapy put me into a premature menopause and there are symptoms that come with that. Life after cancer is not quite as simple, I think, as other people sometimes believe it is. What's next? I hope more. I hope more of that busy, hectic, fun um, life in all the parts of life that that encompasses. And I hope more post-cancer life and I will deal with all of those challenges um, as and when they come. I wish you all a Merry Christmas. That, that was so nice to hear that like wish for more, that wish for more of what life has to give, more of what we can squeeze out of it. But also I really think that there is um, something about what Philippa said there about that intersection between the gratitude and the what the fuck just happened and we kind of live in that space in between those things as mm. as people who um, have been diagnosed with cancer um, and I think that Philippa uh, articulated that really really beautifully so um, I'm really grateful to her for that yeah and I think there's so like Philippa was highlighting things as she, she's done uh, when she came on the podcast about life after cancer and the different kind of um impacts perhaps invisible and mm. she was talking about the menopause there i know trek stuff yeah. have just done their recent program haven't they yeah. on early menopause and uh, yeah i feel like there are a lot more kind of conversations being had um yeah. about a lot more of these kind of um impacts that aren't spoken about as regularly um and it's wonderful to have somebody like philippa who come on to to share her experiences and say like i think that's one of the that as I reflect back on the on afterthoughts in general, it's how many people have come on and kind of what do we what do we like to say kind of um, uh, in the tapestry. What's the add tapestry? Add to the tapestry. Yeah. Yes. Add to the tapestry. The add to the narrative tapestry. I don't know if that's what we say. We do it so much better. Yeah. We do it something. You know, I think I said it once, and you were like, "That was really good." And then we've never yeah. managed to articulate it in quite quite the same way well, again, have we? Oh, that's fine, isn't it? But. <laughs> Um, it's wonderful to have Philippa um, back on. Um, but are you ready to um, head head on forward, Alice Perkis? Yeah, forward be from Philippa, not forward into the future, because that would be beyond my be. expectations for today. We're going to someone who's a little bit more uh, recent, who was with us uh, just in the last series. Uh, it's time for us to check in on Sean. Hi, this is Sean. Just recording a quick voice note. I'm currently at home this evening. It's raining outside, but uh, it's that time of year, I guess. So since my episode of Afterthoughts, I have mainly been focusing on building up my business and my work, which is in the cancer rehabilitation and exercise therapy space. So I secured a job actually with a hospital in London not too long ago and I'll be starting that in the new year. So right now I'm just focusing on upskilling myself to be able to deliver the best possible services 
to people. Most of them will have cancer, although there will be some other conditions which I'll be working on. But that's where I am right now. Love, Sean. Love, Sean. Love, Sean. That is so cool as well. I just think Sean's journey for want of a better word um and the experience that he's had from from a personal trainer to cancer patient to cancer personal trainer i just think like if we're thinking about it in narrative arcs like that is your proper hero's journey isn't it like what a legend and i just think the fact that he is dedicating his life's work to supporting other cancer patients and the experience that he has as a cancer patient and as a PT, combining those superpowers and creating one big beautiful thing, I think it's absolutely mint. And he's a lovely guy. So it's nice, right. you know. Um, yeah. We've had so many nice uh, moments. Uh, actually, this this year I've had a few times where Sean and I have met up and, um, yeah, it's so fantastic to see him thriving and, right. yeah, creating this, this new, um, new path for himself. Um, yeah. And, yeah hats off to sean absolutely mint high five right let's let's go uh let's go all the way back we're going all the way back to series one and uh series one who is she (laughs) series one um when um we did start this podcast uh we did do a few episodes in person uh and we shared soup in your old house uh this one i believe was uh just as the pandemic had hit though and so we were just starting to online so are you ready for our series one uh throwback to toral hello it's toral i'm at home i work from home as a nutritional scientist and functional medicine practitioner but i'm also three times breast cancer survivor I'm actually feeling pretty good. I've had an amazing weekend with my best friend who is here from LA and life is actually returning a little bit more to my new normal. Um, I had breast cancer for the third time at the end of 2020, had my treatment in 2021 and I'm starting to really feel like myself. Definitely the things that have changed are things that I won't be able to do anymore, including having children and my mobility's changed, but I am feeling more like Toral. What's next for me is my next scan is coming up over the next month. So that's really going to be a decider for me as to what I do next. I've had a bit of a break from my hormone treatment. So we really need the scan to be clear to help me going forward. And if not, we'll have to come go over to plan B or C. Um, I just want to encourage anyone that's been diagnosed in their 20s and 30s. I was diagnosed at 29 that... At some point, you will have a new normal, and it may feel a long time away. Your life may have changed forever, but you are still going to have an amazing life. Just be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. You're not left behind, because for me, that was my big feeling. I felt very left behind um, everybody else, but I wish you all the best. Oh, that was really powerful from Toral. Like, I think so many people have that feeling of being left behind. Um, it's something that seems to come up a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people feel their peers, like, pulling away from them. And, yeah, like, how generous of Toral to remind us all that we're not 
being left behind, that we will find that elusive new normal, whatever it looks like for us. And like, I think it's a really good opportunity to remind ourselves that everyone's normal is different. Like, what is normal? Question mark, what is it? Um, And yeah, like, I think that was a really generous and kind um, and lovely message from Toral. So I, um, I, I personally really appreciate that. And I hope um, anyone listening, uh, whether you've had cancer or not, appreciates that as well. Mm. And uh, so the the word of patience is mm. really important there. And um, yeah, I think that's something that a lot of our um, storytellers and potentially a lot of our listeners will connect with of like, it, it takes time. Um, and it can be so frustrating to find the new normal, uh, frustrating to yeah. think about, to grieve, uh, losing what you had before. And, and it also, as you say, constantly changes. Yeah. So um, let's... I just want to, sorry, just before we move on, I just want to take a moment. Um, I know Toral has a lot going on personally at the moment as well. So I just want to send um, a big dollop of love to her um because i um yeah i think she would need that so um just keeping her in our thoughts and sending her lots and lots of love um yeah we're going now into uh, back to the teenage years um and um as my cat decides to jump off my lap at this point off we go bye clems bye clems um we are now going to go to caleb Hi, JB and Alice. I'm uh, I'm Caleb. I'm sitting in here. I'm sitting in my room at home, having just finished my uni term um, and recalibrating to Birmingham life. Um, I think at the moment I'm feeling a little bit uh, well in in having uh, well, having had a lovely term, but also uh, feeling a little bit uh, discombobulated, a little bit disconcerted. Um, partly because of you know, bits and bobs of standard work stress, but also it's the anniversary of my treatment. Um, so I think I'm navigating some of those some of those feelings and trying to uh, process some emotions that it might not have previously felt safe to feel when treatment felt like a more immediate thing. Um, I think next for me is carrying on processing those emotions, uh, continuing with my degree, and then in the new year, probably uh, going out into the big wide world of jobs, um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try and make the most of my next few months at university um, and enjoy enjoy all of enjoy some of yeah what that brings. But yeah, Merry Christmas. Caleb, I love Caleb, and <laughs> and. We we shared a, a couple of messages back and forth because yeah an- anniversaries or cancerversaries as some people uh, call them um, yeah it can be really tough and and actually rem- remember Caleb came on the podcast and uh, spoke about Christmas yes. on treatment and we are recording this just before Christmas and yeah. um, I remember Caleb telling us such an incredible story about his dad and his family kind of like the plan for Christmas and the how prep. they were going to drive yeah the prep. Mm. Um, the big drive um, and yeah it is though those anniversaries are are really tricky and um, one of the things I have always admired with Caleb is that sense of uh, acknowledging like awareness of like oh actually yeah I'm I'm working through these things and um, really appreciate his honesty and sharing about where he is at the moment with that 
Definitely. And I think one of the things that I've, I also really admire about Caleb is the fact that he has, he's always been very open about, and I guess this is adding on to what you've just said, but recognising cancer, a cancer diagnosis as a trauma. And, yes, he um, spoke a lot about that in the episode. Yes. Yeah, labelling it as such and yeah. admit, ad- admitting is the wrong word, but labelling cancer, a cancer diagnosis as a trauma and allowing yourself to feel whatever that brings to you. Um, and the fact that, you know, you do still, we've talked about this, you do still have to make adjustments to whatever that means to you and um, cancerversary is bringing up stuff every year and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. I think it's important to acknowledge that. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge Caleb's use of the phrase entering your mind palace because uh. that still makes me laugh. Um. With that then, shall we move on to the next uh, storyteller to visit us on this special episode? And uh, we're going uh, to series two and um, I am going to offer you a slice of Bav. Hi, so I'm Bav. Um, I am currently recording this in a bit of a sketchy hotel in South Mim Services in Hertfordshire. I am staying here because of uni. Um, it's very dark outside and um, yeah, I'm very excited to go home. Um, at the moment, life's going good. I'm back at uni again. Um, just come off one holiday from Warsaw, which was really fun. Um yeah, I'm kind of going with uni. I've got my first job for after I've graduated, which is exciting but scary. Um, in terms of medically things, I've had a lot going on, waiting on a lot of results, but I'm hoping everything will be completely fine. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Christmas, excited to go on another few trips that I've got, which is really going to be really fun, I hope. And then finish my uni, hopefully get this done, and then get into the working world. I just feel like if anybody was going to send us a voice note from a a sketchy hotel, it's Bav. (laughs) (laughs) We had the the pleasure of uh, seeing a, l- a little bit more of Bav. You were working with Bav on uh, the anthology. Uh, yeah, workshops. yes, I worked with Bav on a, a project that I ran, uh, kind of uh, a Beyond Arts project, kind of concurrently to um, Afterthoughts called Poison Season Stories, where I got to work with him on a writing project and then we turned it into... Um, a live performance production as well and it was so great to get to know him a little bit better and so great to hear from him and I just think yeah he is um he's just a gem he's a dream and and thoughts to Bab at the moment because yeah uh, like um, that feeling like scansiety like Mm. waiting for results like is something that is ever present for uh life beyond the diagnosis and we we know that with a lot of our um, a lot of our storytellers, a lot of the listeners will be feeling that as well. And like, mm. I really appreciate Bav sharing that because, yeah, it is something that pops up a lot in the stories that people tell. But like in our, yeah. in our like human lives, we, we know that uh, all of us here are uh, like still still have those those feelings about scans. So really hope 
wishing Bav all the best for those and uh, yeah, hoping he can enjoy his Christmas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And nice to hear that he's balancing that anxiety with like the the joy of being human, like his holiday to Warsaw and um, all of those other bits and pieces. So yeah, um, sending Bav Mwah! kisses <laughs> for a, a jolly Christmas um, and hoping that everything goes well. Um, so here we come into uh, the next week, again, uh, staying uh, a little bit closer to the present as we have a storyteller updating us uh, from series five. Here we have Jake. Hey, it's Jake, and I am currently in my really depressing, very cold garage. It's about minus two degrees outside after just driving back to Glasgow from the office in Edinburgh. Um, I'm sitting here about to do some work on the rowing machine. I have a really horribly bright workman's LED light with me, and it's all quite depressing. But I'm good, I'm happy, and I'm excited for the future. Um, like Things at work are going really well, things sport-wise are going really well. Um, I've recently well, just sort of gone on to the World Class Programme with British Rowing, so I have to go to Reading this weekend to do a bit of racing on the rowing machine, so that's what I'm doing tonight. And yeah, it's all really exciting. Um, um, but with that, I'm going to try and put together a solid run to see if I can try and make the Paralympics in 2024. But like, it's a long shot, but I'm really excited. And there's a lot of anticipation building. I'm also slightly rushed off my feet at work and with all of the excitement that comes with Christmas and going home and seeing all of my friends and all of my family and just having pretty pretty loose time. But yeah, I'm feeling good um yeah thank you what a legend yeah jake <laughs> like it's uh we've again we've had the chance to see jake a little bit over um not in person we did uh just on zoom at a couple of events and things and i <laughs> I remember Jake's uh, episode so fondly and I actually asked oh. Jake to tell the story of his <laughs> leg funeral um, at this event because it was so, uh, so brilliant when he came on the podcast and told us the story of having a funeral for his leg and getting everybody to be involved in that. And um, it's incredible to to think about where he is now and what he's yes. what he's hoping to do and what he's what he's uh, kind of shifted his focus to like uh, right. talking about new normal from uh earlier but it is a case of um yeah to think where where he is now and the fact he could be in the paralympics and maybe not this time but maybe the next time like it's just what an incredible target to have totally and like the word inspirational is bandied around so much in the cancer community right but I genuinely think that Jake is inspirational, not because of cancer, not because like he's a paratriathlete or like trying to get into the Paralympics, just because he's a really cool human and like he's doing amazing things. And I just think that that's very cool. And um, I've been spending some time on the rowing machine recently. I hit 15 minutes on like level two and I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. 
Um, and are you, are you planning to compete? Are you having? Are you a challenger to Jake? Is this what you're? Obviously, <laughs> yep. Obviously, I am. Um, no, but I just think he's really cool. And I saw on Instagram actually that he's he's in a magazine. I think it's this. Uh, like a British cycling magazine this month um, and talking about like oh how I um, how he's got into cycling and he was like oh yeah I used to do it with my legs and now I do it with my hands and I'm just like yeah mint amazing yeah. I've used the word mint twice in this podcast I never usually use the word mint next up Alice we are going uh, to a someone who is a fellow runner um, and, oh, oh, oh. and a brilliant human being um, it's over to Suki Hi, I'm Suki, um, and I'm recording this from my very cold bedroom in West London. Um, I'm also hoping that I can record this in a time that my children are distracted and won't run in and ruin this. Um, when I initially recorded the pod, I was NED, so no evidence of disease. Unfortunately, in August, I discovered that my breast cancer had come back and I am now stage four because it's come back in my liver and my bones. Um, not entirely sure how I'm feeling. Um, I can honestly say in the last two weeks I've been feeling quite good. Um, I think the medication has finally settled in my body. I sort of know what's going on um, despite the millions of different side effects that I get each cycle um yeah I'm feeling okay but that doesn't mean that the impending doom and gloom of a stage four diagnosis isn't there I think it just means that I'm not thinking about it as much um yeah what's next for me is so I currently volunteer for a charity and I'm going to continue to do that and enjoy doing all the fun little things and try not to spiral out of control which can so easily be done when you've been given a stage four diagnosis um but yeah thank you toby and alice for having me on the pod Oh, Sucky. Um, yeah, I remember when Sucky got her stage four diagnosis because, um, again, she was somebody who came on, um, who worked on um, the anthology Poison Seas as well. And she actually had her scan uh, on the day we were working on the, yeah. the live version yeah. of it. She popped out and came back. Um, but, yeah, she's... she lives with cancer and um yeah she she is living with cancer and I I put the living in such big letters I think that's that's the thing um I actually went swimming with Suki the other week oh, she may be a runner but I'm trying to convert oh, her yeah. into a swimmer I took her to parliament um parliament hill lido um it was cold took her for a cold swim we saw a famous bottom did you yeah 
Saw a famous person's bottom. Um, But yeah, Suki um, has obviously been taking on, like she's taken on a lot of stuff this year, Mm. Um, but she handles it with grace and humour and um, yeah, she's just an all-round legend. And I'll tell you who's the famous bottom was later, Toby. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm I'm (laughs) hoping for Miranda's case that it's John Hamm. But yeah, I I just wanted to say as well, because like, Obviously, part of Afterthoughts is in, encapsulating the whole experience of life mm. beyond a diagnosis. And we know, like, I, I had a relapse um, when I was younger and had have one, um, yeah, after after being in remission. And we've had a number of people who've come on to the pod who have spoken about relapse. Uh, and, um, yeah, and we know that when some of our storytellers might finish with us, that that might be a potential. And that's... Yeah. And that's the realities, isn't it, of living beyond cancer, particularly when you're young, and yep. what that like, what, what that does for your the way of way of thinking. And I think you summed it up perfectly. Of Suki is a human being who has takes that and lives with that. And mm. yeah, I feel like your the fact that you might have seen John Ham's bum is a wonderful thing. Well, the John listeners Hamm. will never know. They can imagine whose bum it was. Um, if you want to send guesses, listeners, please feel free. Um, it's uh, after for afterthoughts thirty four on Instagram. Um, Toby Peach, I'll tell you. The listeners can imagine. Wow. Why you won't tell people? There we are. Um, let's move on to our next storyteller. We have uh, we have three to go. Alice May Perkis. <gasps> we are running through them, uh, and uh, this is somebody from I believe series four. I'm just double checking my notes. Yeah, series four. <laughs> but it's also somebody we have uh, connected with a little bit more this past year as well. Hi everyone. My name is Shamia, and my pronouns are she/her. And I'm currently recording this sat in my flat in Glasgow, where it is a scorching three degrees um, and pitch black outside at quarter to five in the afternoon. But there we go. Um, I'm currently in second year of med school. I think when I recorded, I was in first year or just starting. Um, So, yeah, a lot's changed, but it's the same old, same old when it comes to revision and the endless slog that med school feels sometimes. Um, it's crunch time at the moment because we have exams next week so it's all a little bit stressful but I'm really enjoying it I've met some fantastic people up here and I'm getting really interested in oncology actually and have been able to get more involved in that sphere kind of as a medical professional so that's meant meeting lots of really inspiring doctors and researchers and I've even had the chance to speak at a conference and things. So it's been amazing to experience the world of oncology from a career perspective. Um, Life after cancer is definitely interesting and has its ups and downs. And yeah, it's definitely a rollercoaster you want to get off sometimes. I'm sure other people on this episode will echo that. But I'm really grateful to have the people around me that I do. Um, It's been difficult seeing people I love and people just in general around me experience cancer themselves and go through all the stuff that comes with that um but I'm really glad to see that their support networks are strong and that things like this are supporting the narrative around cancer and the idea that we can live well with cancer um particularly for young people so thank you to all of you who are listening to this for listening to Afterthoughts and getting us to 10,000 downloads it's amazing um Toby and Alice should be so proud and I'm really grateful for 
you being part of the first platform where I felt confident speaking about it. And hopefully you can continue to do the same for lots of other young people with cancer. So yeah, thank you. Lots of love. I'm having an emotion. Charmia is an incredible human who we, again, have had the chance to uh, spend a bit more time with over this year, who's been involved in uh, Poison Seas and the anthology writing. So, um, And it's just been amazing to keep connected to Charmia and to see what she's been up to. Like, um, And do you remember the fact that uh, her and Aiden were... Mm. Cancer pals. friends, cancer, cancer pals. pals. Yeah. yeah, and I just like love that memory, and I think back to, and and do you remember with Charmy's episode as well the the um, the story about um, the rom com that never happened because we the we throwing we <laughs> at somebody uh, yeah what a what a story um, I know I think it's so interesting as well that she is looking at oncology from the other side especially from like an early perspective so like she it's not like she is a doctor already and has that knowledge established she's looking at it from learning yeah she's learning about it after it's happened Mm. and Aiden did that as well I think um but I just think that must be so fascinating but also really hard to Mm. to navigate and I also think that that point that she made about life after cancer being a roller coaster that you want to get off I think Mm. that's a something that we can all identify with and that piece as well about watching people you love um go through cancer experiences yep we've all felt that and um, and I think we know as know as well. Like we, as we've been saying, like some of our storytellers are coming on and they're they're sharing updates, and some of those are positive, some of those are negatives. And like we have got storytellers who who won't be able to join us. So actually, yeah. Caitlin, who was with us in series two, um, passed away earlier this year. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we're we are like it is a case that a lot of our stories like they they go in many different ways and. Yeah. Um, I think Sharmia said the the support that goes around that is the important thing and knowing that people have these support networks, knowing that people are looking out for each other because the narrative of cancer is is one that continues to be kind of written and we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Oh, oh thanks so much. Uh, are you ready to go into uh, a somebody who was in Series 2 um, back to somebody who was also in Scotland. Yes. Hi, I'm Deborah. I was on Afterthoughts what seems like years and years and years and years ago, um, but it was only January of 2021. Um, I'm currently sitting on my best friend's bed while she boils water for a hot water bottle because we're in Edinburgh and it's December and it is absolutely freezing. Um, what is life like now? That's so interesting. Um, because I feel like living post-cancer kind of tinges my existence in every way, both for the better and for the worse. So I do still feel like I'm acclimatising, you know, um, to life post-cancer, 
and sort of dipping my toes in the room temperature swimming pool again. Or however, I don't know what temperature swimming pools are. <laughs> um, the past few years have been pretty good. Um, I wrote a play, I wrote a comedy play um, about my experience, which I'm really, really proud of. I hope to maybe take it to the fringe. That was a very good coping mechanism, I think, um, because it kind of let me explore sort of what happened in a funny way, because I think laughing about things is a very good way um, of processing them. And yeah, I guess, just trying to sort of move forward and rebuild the post-cancer Deborah. Don't really know who she is yet. Um, she's quite cold right now, is what she is, um, because it's Scotland. But yeah, she's quite good overall. Deborah. Do you know, we spoke to Deborah, and I'm glad that she noted um, the year, so January 2021. Um, and she was just at the start of her uni. And I remember her telling us that like, it was that big, yeah, it was a really big deal for her because she was just after like this, yeah, didn't think she'd be able to go to uni, what it looked like. And she uh, messaged me around sending in this voice note about how she'd been at the Christmas markets, really, really cold. I think she's working on the Christmas markets. So I don't think that she she was just hanging out at the Christmas markets. So, uh, (laughs) um, and it's just like, yeah, like really like Deborah was always a beautiful storyteller it's wonderful to hear her telling little bits there of being like I'm waiting for my hot water bottle oh how lovely like that feeling but obviously she's also gone off to do that in a theatrical sense as well Mm. and I could see you like little like real moment of uh, identification with (laughs) Deborah when when she said it's a good coping mechanism writing a play about it maybe did yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I, selfishly listening to all of these and listening to people saying, you know, life after cancer is a different shape and a different size and a different color and a different feel or, you know, whatever, whether you're going through treatment or not, makes me feel really comforted Hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm seven years down the line, you're what do we what do we what what are we guessing at at the moment um, 11 12 25 no i think i'm 12 i i think i am 12 yeah so you're you're 7 no i'm 7 you're, you're seven. 362 <laughs> years down the line yeah but it's so comforting for me to hear people say that life is a different shape mm. after a cancer diagnosis and i hope the listeners feel that and identify with that as well because that's why we make this podcast right so that people remember that they are not alone no matter how alone they might feel Mm. because sometimes even I feel alone in the nudges that we have to make Mm. and I just think it's really nice to be reminded that other people feel the same I think it's really important would you like uh, your final storyteller to join us? Uh, I really today? would. Uh, okay, let's hand over to Jay. Hello, it's Jay. Since I spoke last, I have moved back to Manchester from Italy, where I was uh, 
recording last time on my year abroad, which was wonderful in Pisa. Um, so I'm now sat at my desk in Manchester um, with loads of books that I'm I'm working my way through very slowly for my dissertation this year because it is my final year, finally. Um, and I guess um, apart from obviously you know, a lot of work and, and all of the all of the things that come with a degree. I am very excited to be moving on with my life. Um, I'm feeling very lucky in that regard. Um, I'm feeling fine generally. Unfortunately, I have got a little bit of GVHD again, uh, as it tends to flare up every now and then. So, you know, after my transplant, it's been it's been up and down and, and I'm currently on a little bit of a down, but it's not awful and it's manageable. Um, in terms of what's next for me, I'm going to carry on dancing um i've actually just finished touring with a, a queen from rupaul's drag race black pepper who's, who's just been in the top four on the final uh on the final season the recent season of rupaul's drag race uk which is very exciting um and i'm really hoping to continue touring and, and dancing a lot more i'm now dancing a lot in the city as well i've got a new job in clubs and bars which is very exciting but I quite honestly cannot wait to graduate and just be free of education. <laughs> um, and the good news is I will be going back to Italy for Christmas to stay with my boyfriend and his family. So I'm very excited about that. And yeah, that's me. I'm very, um, very grateful for this opportunity to be on the podcast. And I hope everyone else is doing great. <laughs> They are such a legend. And that's why I uh, I thought that Jay would be a wonderful way uh, for like us to wrap up our storytellers because I thought you would love that story about da- them dancing and uh, yeah, like again, they are a human being who wonderfully like gives us like the realities of what's happening for them, but also shows like what they're doing with that, how they're living with that. It's just an incredible like combination of cancer life. So l- living with gr- um, the realities of graft versus host disease. Then also let's throw in like a final year of education. And then let's just casually throw in dancing with black pepper. And honestly, if you check out Jay's Instagram, the dancing that they are doing with black pepper is no low level dancing. It is in incredible um and they are like i i just think it just shows the multiplicities of life like that story that two minute voice note just shows the multiplicities of life magnified into brilliance and it's incredible i love it Mm. amazing what a great story to end on and what oh my god i I feel really like emotionally wrung out actually because (laughs) hearing all of these stories and going in completely Without any pre-warning yes. of what these stories were going to be. Like, what a beautiful reflection this has been. I've loved it. Oh, and I really hope our li- listeners have as well. And we, we've we had so many nice messages along that. Obviously, yeah. lots of our storytellers are busy working. Lots of them have, like have things going on in their worlds that mean right. that they can't record a little message. Some uh, who have might have moved away from talking about cancer as often and I think um, 
I really want to just give a quick shout out because I know that uh, Dan, who was uh, one of our storytellers in series one, they are going to love Jay's story. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And w- we were having conversations and um, and yeah, just like shout out to Dan, who was an excellent storyteller from series one. And um, yeah, like we've had so many incredible storytellers right and we could probably do a number of these uh and hey let's let's talk about that of um (laughs) the future alice um what's happening the future of afterthoughts oh well we have just um sorted out series six we have indeed so series six uh will be uh in your ears uh, fairly soon it will be slightly different uh, but we will reveal all about Series 6 uh, very soon. But we will be back with the teenagers. We will be back with the teenagers. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be some different things happening, but it's going to be great. It is going to be very exciting. And we are so grateful to all of our uh, listeners, everybody who has clicked that download button. Um, it can't just be Alice and I just pressing download. That wouldn't have done this. So <laughs> imagine, we... imagine if it was just you and me downloading it, it constantly, yeah. times. Um, Toby, we haven't done a really important thing. What's that? What's your afterthought on today's episode of Afterthought? Oh, thank you so much. Um, what is my afterthought on today's episode of Afterthoughts? Well, Alice, I mean, you've perfectly summed it up really about how joyful it is to hear the voices. And I had the pleasure of um, hearing them come through. Like uh, my my number was the one that some people would send it through or an email and I would get the chance. And every time I responded to people just to say, it's so lovely to hear your voice. Mm. And I think that's... That is the thing because we we do a podcast and it is it's an audio based piece. Like yeah, we get to see people um, when we're on Zoom, but a lot of this is just about hearing voices and um, yeah, reflecting back on how lovely it is to hear what these human beings are, do- are doing. And as you also pointed out wonderfully earlier, the fact that we are all living beyond the diagnosis and that takes so many different forms. And these humans are giving us an opportunity to understand what it is for them and what it could be for others and just incredibly grateful and that's my song lovely Um, singing yeah what is your afterthought on today's afterthoughts well do you know what you've heard loads of my afterthoughts as we've been going through um you've heard my afterthoughts on each of the kind of stories and actually i just want to say my afterthought is thanks for doing the admin on this because I haven't done any of the admin and I got the joy of hearing all of these fresh. Um, so my afterthought on today's episode is you're great. Thanks for doing the administration so that I didn't have to. Oh, you are more than welcome. I am glad to still be on the pod, chatting away with you, getting to meet brilliant humans and us being able to reflect on them and hopefully share those with uh, our listeners who continue to listen, which is so incredible. I know. 10,000 downloads, man. High five to you. High five. Boom. Um, So we will uh, be in your ears very soon. You will hear all the updates on what Series 6 looks like very soon uh but till then i hope uh this will be coming out in the new year so i hope you have had a lovely christmas hope you've had a great christmas to a new year 
Yeah, hope 2023 is fab or just at least level. Yeah. Speak to you soon, everybody. Thank you, listeners, and thank you, storytellers. If today's episode of Afterthoughts has brought up any thoughts or feelings that you'd like to speak to someone about, we really recommend grabbing a cuppa with a friend or dropping them a message. There are tons of charities out there who can help you if you've been through cancer and need a bit of extra psychological support. Afterthoughts is supported by Trekstock and Alike. If you've been diagnosed with cancer in your 20s or your 30s, whatever type, whatever stage, Trekstock will help get you moving, get connected and create the life you want beyond your diagnosis. Alike is a game-changing peer support platform because living with cancer can be lonely. Speaking to others who've been there, done that and worn the unflattering hospital gown makes all the difference. Alike is powered by friendship.